Hey, it's not quite the DeLorean, but we're going back in time with a new podcast feed full of all my favorite interviews in the history of the Bill Simmons podcast. We're coming up on seven years now. I've had an unbelievable collection of athletes, celebrities, showrunners, directors, Matt Damon, Denzel Washington, Adam Sandler, Kevin Garnett, Shirley Theron, Tom Hanks, Bill Burr, Kevin Durant, Peyton Manning, The Undertaker, Eddie Vedder, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he actually came on. Dave Grohl, Quavo, Barack Obama. I mean, what else can I tell you? I've had Al Pacino with Barry Levinson. I've had people like Steph Curry, Jason Bateman, John C. Riley, Jonah Hill. I could just, I could keep going and going. But wait, there's more. Whether it's your first time or you're planning on revisiting some of your favorites, make sure you head to BillSimmonsInterviews.TheRinger.com for the entire archive. You can sort by genre, year, and more to easily navigate all your favorite people. Follow the Bill Simmons podcast, The Interviews, on Spotify now. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh, so we get it. Am I recording right now? Oh, we can keep this in here. So Tony Gill is at Staples printing out wedding invitations on a, on a Tuesday night when he knows we're going to record. He set up the interview with Russ Dorsey and he did this. Let me tell y'all something right now, man. Tell y'all something right now. And I'm going to tell this man to his face when he jumps on here at any point in time. This man is already making the, the deadliest of errors of not putting his goddamn foot down when he needs to. Like, at what point, you know, are you going to hold the line, fam? Today is wedding invitations. Tomorrow is Sundays at noon. Like, you know, and I don't know, you know, what religious affiliation he is about to fall under. But I mean, at what point, dog? 
Like, you know, my lady asked me, hey, what do you think about the wedding? What do you care about the wedding? Just tell me how much it costs and what I'm wearing. And also sprinkle in some little things there. You know, I got to, you know, the playlist is heavy in my mind. That's, you know, I got to have the vibes, right? Got to be the biggest party, biggest send-off possible. But you jump in there a little bit, act like you care about how what the cake going to taste like, shit like that. But being being ushered off to Staples to print up wedding invitations? Like, is this last minute, Tony? Like, I don't know Tony to be a procrastinator. He damn sure ain't a procrastinator when he asked me to do free shit for NBC Sports Chicago. So, what, so what are we doing here? Huh? You know, that sometimes you, you find out where guys' priorities lie. And in this moment, I feel like his priorities lie more so with his wife-to-be than the full goal podcast. And I got to be honest with you. It's a toss-up. To me, at least. You know? You know, the nuptials forever or another 75 episodes of this. Like, what do we, you know, come on, Tony, make a player decision. So as we record our first part of the podcast right now, without the presence of our esteemed and talented and ever so gracious and and, and masterful at, at, at what he does, producer Tony, we now go into what I would like to talk about, which is something that was um, floundering around the timeline. We're going to do that with our guy, Russ Dorsey, you can check him out at Stadium, of course, Bally Sports. He is the national Major League Baseball insider for Bally Sports. Also does a great job with Stadium. Last time I talked to my man Russ, I was like, I don't know how long your current employee is going to have you because you're going to be out here. You know, the fish going to be biting. And before I could say another word, this man popped up with a couple of a couple of huge, huge appearances on national scenes. This man just came from the All-Star game in Los Angeles, you know, rubbing elbows with all the stars, and now he joins us on the Full Go Podcast. Episode, is it 129? Are we at episode 129? 129. Uh, 129 it is. Russ Dorsey joining us here on the Full Go. Russ, how you doing, man? Man, I'm chilling, Jay. I appreciate you having me on uh, for the second time on your... yeah. Your your platform here, I really appreciate you. Oh, don't worry. We um we went through the first 50, 60 guests that we had on, and we 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 doubled back on the list. It was like, nope, not that guy. Nope, not her. Not that guy. Nope, he's cool, but he can't talk. Nope, that interview was boring as hell. Nope, this person wasn't engaged, and we whittled it down to like. 20 dudes and girls, and you are one of the 20 that we have doubled back on, so we appreciate you, as always. Um, I got to ask you this, man. Yeah. Before we even get into the piece that you did on Chris Bryant, because, I, you know, it, it all ties in. What's going on with the Cubs right now? The Sox are currently, as we're taping, facing off against the Rockies in the sixth inning uh, in, in Denver. I got a Coors Field story I got to get off before we get up out of here tonight as well, because the only time I've ever um, visited Denver or Coors. No, actually, it was the second time I had visited Denver. And the first time I had visited Coors Field, I was um, I was stoned out of my mind up the third baseline. Uh, and I just happened to be sitting in front of four old ladies who recognized my voice from the score. So uh, it was very hard for me to try to get my shit together while I had, you know, the Golden Girls behind me asking me all the questions in the world while Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill were, were to my left and right. But before we get into that, I just got on vacation and something that I've seen on the timeline pop up over the last two or three days was something I, I, I won't say partook in, but you know, along with all the other foolishness that happened on my vacation, the tour van that I was in that got rear-ended and pretty much started kind of a, 
you know, a neighborhood brawl between me and the the locals. Before that, we um we were asked if we wanted to go to a nude beach by the tour guide. Yeah, shout out to Sonita. She saw the vibes. Apparently, she saw what was going on in the backseat and was like, hey, you two look like y'all should go to a nude beach. And I was like, I don't know if that's the move, but cool. You know, because when I think nude beaches, I you know, everybody thinks, oh, you're going to go out there. You're just going to see beautiful people walking around, you know, carrying on and frolicking in, on the beach. When I think of nude beaches, I think of, HBO's Real Sex when I was a kid where all you did was see substitute teachers and, um, you know, sous chefs walking around butt naked, right? <laughs> like the shit wasn't as glorified as you thought it would be as a kid. And of course, Real Sex was on when I was a kid, so you had to watch it through the little scramble channels and you see the wavy lines or whatever. You're like, oh, is that a nipple or is that just, oh, that's not a nipple. That's just, that's just, my man's got some issues. Okay, so, that's what I envision new beaches to be. So why, when we pull up to this new beach, uh, the first thing we see is two gentlemen at the bar, just at the bar, just standing at the bar, just leaning on the bar in all their naked glory. And I told her to bust a U-turn. It, 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 the, the appetizer wasn't going to lead to the entree or dessert that I was looking forward to. So I was like, you can bust a U. And it's nothing against those two gentlemen. They seemed perfectly tanned at the time. One of them looked like he kept himself in pretty good shape. The other one was just happy to be outside naked. Um, <laughs> y- your thoughts on new beaches, Russ Dorsey? And, and have you ever entertained going to or actually went to one? All right. So I've never partaking in, in the nudity at the beach. Uh, I will say this, though. I, I'm a, a young man of 27 years of age. Yeah. I keep myself in, in really good shape. I'm yeah, proud of my appearance and the way I look. So right. if, if I ever got an offer to go to the nude beach, you know, I, I'd be like you. I'd get the lay of the land. Let me yeah. see. Let me see what, what's happening over there. And then we'll make a game time decision. If I go over there and like you did, I saw the brothers at the bar hanging out and hanging out, yeah. then I might have to bust the U-turn. However, see, you know, beautiful people walking around. Ain't nobody yeah. there to hurt nobody. It's the human body. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I get a, a little glass of wine and, and a, little, or, or a cocktail of, yeah. of your choice and go walk around the beach, man. Yeah. I ain't got no problem with that. For sure, for sure. I like your choice of words there on the second drink choice as well. But I want to, I want to, see, and this is for Jesse and this is for Tony as well because you just mentioned it. The the arriving at the nude beach um, decision, like, do you get invited by someone? Do you get invited by a group of people? Do you go solo and look like that weird ass dude who's just walking <laughs> around? You know what I'm saying, trying to get a glance. You know what I mean? Like, what? How did? How does the nude beach thing come about if it's not directly from the person that you're going with, right? Because yes. I had a tour guide bring it up to me. Yeah, so you got to, I think you got to have somebody, either the person that you're seeing at the time or or or, or young lady or young man or, or person, mm-hmm. whoever, whatever your vibe is, tells you, yo, let's go. It's a beautiful day. Let's go to the beach, the nude beach, whatever. You can't be the horny bastard that walks around and like, yo, I'm just going to get it popping at the nude beach and see some beautiful people today. Because now, yeah, I, now I have to call the police. <laughs> see, and that's okay. So now we take it to the next level now. 
Cause I, I need and and unmute, goddamn it! Cause y'all, y'all, everybody like to run away from the smoke and let me just say all the awful <laughs> shit on this podcast and let all the people comment on it. So, how can I say this without sounding sophomoric? There's no way for me to say this without without sounding sophomoric. What happens if you have uh, an adverse reaction on the beach? in terms of how you should be presenting yourself publicly. You feel me? Like, what if, you know, you're just in love with your girl so much at the moment, you catch a glance, y'all lock eyes, next thing you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> your man, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the, the hammer is out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel me? And, 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 yeah, you know, she done seen it, you done seen it, but you ain't never showed it in this, you know, and like, there's so much pressure that goes into that too. Like, that's the other thing. The dudes that I saw at the bar, one of them, I'm like, if I walk on this beach, I'm gonna be top three, and I ain't three. You feel <laughs> me? And 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 yeah. But the other dude was in decent shape, and I, you know, I give him props, right? He was in decent shape. Like, the shape that you have to be in to 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 go out here to this venture as well, like. What, do you feel funny? Like, I know some women feel funny when they walk into a spot or walk into somewhere and they're like, oh, there's a bunch of beautiful women in here and all of a sudden the insecurity set in or whatever the case may be. With men, it's the same, but we don't process it the same. Because I know for damn sure I'm not walking on any beach where I just see, you know, the the starting backfield or the Chicago Bears secondary. And I'm like, oh, let me let me pull my shit off right now, too. And, you know, just run around here and, and, and show my lady why she got the winner out the group. So how do you, you know, how do you manage that? You, you're a young man who's, who stays in great shape. How do you, you know, how do you think that happened? That, that, works itself out in terms of ego and psyche for men. All right, so I'll put it to you like this. For, for, from Russ Dorsey's perspective, Jay, <laughs> I, used to, I used to be a young fatty out here, right? For a long period of my life, Shout I rap for the fat boys. You know Shout what I'm out. saying? Shout and out. it wasn't until the last seven... No, tell me, tell me. No, 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 no. Tell me, tell me, like, what's the fattest shit that you used to do? Oh, man, I was a... No, 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 I don't even need it. I even need the the weight. Like I'm talking about, like when Russ no, Dorsey saying, was out here. I was, a, I was a, I was a go to McDonald's and buy some food, and then you got to buy the McChicken to eat on the way home. <laughs> and then you get home and, and eat the rest relate. of your meal. Yes, real niggas relate. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. There you oh, go. Oh. How many How many times have you stopped at a separate drive through to get one item? And then, you know, double back and got what you needed from the other places, right? Maybe you like the way Burger King does what they do. And then next thing you know, Wendy's has the the Frosty for you. McDonald's has the fries. Or just order a couple of meals and be like, I'm going to smash one of these here and then one on the way home, right? So we talking at that level. We talking that level. Okay. Right? All right. And so then, I, but, but I was always aware that I wasn't in the most tip top of shape. I was always an athlete. I always played a sport. But I just wasn't there yet. Then you get to the point in your life, and it's like, okay, let's turn this thing around, get into the best shape of your life. And I was like, you know what? I can do this. So mm. I think it's, it's it's honestly a confidence thing where you're just like, all right, I don't care who on the beach, right? Aaron Donald is out here. I don't <laughs> care if he out here. I'm, I'm here now. So right. what's up? Right. So I, I right. just think it's a, it's a, you have to have that confidence within yourself where, look, I'm not one of these 
uh two two percent body fat brothers. No. But listen, I I've I've been in the towel and, and walked in and came out with something nice. So there you go. I'm, I'm not scared. Hey, man. hey, fellas out there that's listening to this podcast right now, wherever you're at, whether you're laying next to the person you know who hates you, or whether you're getting ready to go work out just because you're listening to dudes talk about being fat. Hey, that confidence that you walk around with, let me tell you something right now, because I tell my lady this, and I've told a bunch of women this before. If somebody fuck with you, it really don't matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, really, so, hey, fat boys out there, if, if you ain't if you ain't rocking the six-pack and you're rocking the keg, be proud of it because somebody's going to be wanting to rub that belly at some point in your life. Okay? All right? Now, if you want to get down because of health and all that other stuff, yeah, do what you got to do. I'm you with know? you, too. Hey, cause, cause I'm, I'm with you on that, too. Hell yeah. Yeah, get down, you know, to where everybody type feels best for you, you know, because I'm a, shit, I'm a performer. I can't wait to get in the water. Feel me? Like, aha, shrinkage for you, opposite effect for me. Let's get in this pool right now so we can separate the men from the boys. You feel me? <laughs> but that's not what you called for. That's not why you joined the show. Hey, man, Tony, we, we still haven't dealt with you either. Hey, man, you, you sent the text to the group about then I'm not. I'll let you explain it. Why were you late to the show tonight? Oh yeah, man. Wedding, wedding invitations. Wedding invitations, huh? Wedding invitations, man. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You had to run out and go get those, huh? Man, after work, I've been working late recently. Man, I, I got to get all this stuff done in a matter of between seven now? and midnight. <laughs> Before I gotta go to sleep. Okay, okay, and and your wife to be, she went with you to pick them up and make sure everything was secured, and you know the font yeah. and everything was was what it was supposed to be. Yeah, man. Yeah, oh. the, even the, the the Staples copy lady, she was dope. They closed at nine. We was there at oh. nine fifteen. She okay. was all happy about it. So, so was there like a like a a trunk of these invitations, or like was was there? Like there was there, like how heavy are we talking about this this shipment of wedding invitations that you had to go secure? No, I mean we got to get those things printed out. We went we went frugal on this one. Like no, we no, gotta, no. Well, the reason why I'm asking is because why couldn't your lady go do this shit while you brought home the bacon <laughs> and produced the pod of the century next to sports adjacent? Why? Oh, why? That's man. that's the question that I was asking, huh? That's why I asked you about the weight. Huh? You really don't want me to. You really, you really out here not want me to get married out here. I do, I do. I'm just trying to shape the marriage you should be in. You feel me? You know. Nah, don't don't let me do it to you. Don't take none of my advice. Don't trust me. I, you don't want to take any of my advice on that. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Golf after a word from our sponsors. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hey guys, this is Ozzy Guille, and you are listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff on The Ringer in a Spotify. Russ Dorsey, the All-Star Game. What was that experience like for you? Man, it, it's the first time covering the All-Star Game in this role. And it was really cool because it was the first, I guess for me, it's the first big event that 
the baseball industry has had since COVID. So all your friends from around the game coming out and, uh, you know, LA always does it bigger and better. So it was, it was a really good time. You got parties every night and people just wanted to see you and hit the streets and all that. So it was cool, man. It was really, it was a really good time. And, and I thought from the baseball perspective, baseball is, it doesn't always do itself um, justice when it comes to marketing its stars. But I feel like, especially with the home run derby where you had Julio yeah. Rodriguez going up against Juan Soto in the home run derby, that's, you know, the Dominican Republic on display for you. Mm-hmm. That That's the, the two young superstars that are going to take over the game for the next 10 years on display out in front. And looking at the crowd at Dodger Stadium, there were more people there for the home run derby than were actually there for the All-Star game that Tuesday. So really cool experience. And, and I think while the commissioner stepped in it, as he usually does, talking about, I, I, I reject the premise that we don't pay minor league players enough. Uh, I think the game itself did a really good job marketing itself. Like we had all these young superstars from all these different backgrounds come out and thrive. So the supposedly halfway point of the season, what was the scuttlebutt in terms of biggest disappointments, surprises, uh, teams that were on the tips of everybody's tongue since you were covering it from a national perspective for Valley Sports and Stadium? I, I think uh, it's in terms of disappointments, one that you are repping right now, the Chicago White Sox, a team that many people out there believe was going to represent the American League in the World Series, and they just have not uh, taken that step forward. And I think you can make the we were injured uh, statement for a little while. But if you look at the numbers, guys just hadn't performed. And if you're not going to have guys perform, you're not going to be better than the Guardians. You're not going to be better than uh, the Twins. And and better yet, you're not going to be it, damn the AL, uh, AL Central. You, you're not going to be better than the Yankees because that's the that's if you're really going to say, OK, we're the best team in the American League. Who is your competition? It's the Yankees. It's the Houston Astros that have been there and done that and won a World Series. So I, I think they had opportunities. And I've talked about this on the radio with, with Lawrence and Bernstein. It's just like they had opportunities to bulletproof this roster. And they didn't do that. And because of that, that roster is now flawed. And you see a lot of those flaws and deficiencies, spe- specifically in how they play baseball. Like, they just don't play good baseball. Right. And a lot of those issues you can't fix during the season. Like, you can't fix being the, one of the worst defensive teams in all of baseball at the trade deadline. You just can't do it. Do you think the job that Tony La Russa is or isn't doing is overstated, understated, or properly stated at this moment? Oh, properly stated. Properly stated. And, and I feel like somebody who might not be as close to it feels like, whether it's uh, us at the national level, us at the local level, uh, gang up on one Tony LaRusso. But there have been too many instances instances over the last two years where you're like, you fired a manager for not having this down pat. And now you have a manager where the White Sox aren't good enough to make up for their manager's deficiencies. Mm-hmm. They're not. And I think whether it's their front office or ownership group, they felt like their roster was good enough to make up for their manager's deficiencies and over the first half of the season you found out exactly what the, it feels like the rest of us already knew going into it where it's like y'all not good enough to have this guy running your team um but you got to do what you got to do if you're those players in that room 
and they just haven't been able to do that. Like you have a guy like Jose Abreu that had a, a cold start to the season. And then right in the second half of the first half, he came out and looked like the MVP that we saw during mm-hmm. the 2020 season. But it's really just been a, a two step forward, three steps back, two step forward, three steps back to the Chicago White Sox. And until there comes a point where they continue to take those steps forward, this is going to be the type of team they are all the way to the end of the season. So how do you White Sox proof the White Sox, if that's the case? If, if we're talking about not being able to fix defensive measures during the season, um, you know, base running issues, not hitting cutoff men, uh, just, you know, pitchers not going deep in games, no matter how terrific they are for five innings. How, how do you... How do you bulletproof, like you mentioned earlier in one of your answers, how do you bulletproof this team going forward if it's not just a um, a style or talent thing? Like, how do you how do you make a team smarter? How do you make a team better? How do you how do you refine what they have right now? I, well, I think two ways, right? If, if I'm going to uh, bulletproof a roster, you one you have to go out and really find yourself a right fielder. Like this whole piecemeal with guys who have played first base their whole career, guys who have played, you know, or have been DHs their whole career, but got enough enough athleticism to make it work for some spot starts here and there, that has to go. Like, you have to have a guy in there that really knows what they're doing because that puts a lot of pressure on Luis Robert, who, if you look at the metrics, has taken a step back defensively. And I do think some of that comes from he's trying to cover so much ground out there. You, can't, you just can't do it all. Um, so finding a, a right fielder, whether that's at the deadline or if you go, we're looking ahead to the offseason, you just got to have a guy because until Ox, Oscar Colas comes up and plays right field for you, if you think that's the guy, you need to find a stopgap for the next year, year and a half. But I think the other part, when you talked about it with the just fundamentals of the game, they're just not a high baseball IQ team. And that comes from your manager and your coaching staff. And I, I think it's easy to say, all right, Tony Russa is the head of the snake in that regard. Yeah, he is. He's the manager. He's the leader of all the coaches. He's the one that's supposed to be saying, hey, we are not a good baseball team. How do we get better? We need to do this, 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 and this. But I think on your coaching staff, like they brought in Miguel Cairo to be a bench coach, right? And I think a lot of these decisions, whether it's the intentional walks, whether it's the, uh, bullpen decisions like they have Ethan Katz who's well respected around the game you have Miguel Cairo on that bench there are other guys who have a voice on that coaching staff and sometimes it just feels like uh, are those guys not empowered to say hey this is how we become a better baseball team because if if they're not then the team as a whole is doing itself a disservice because now you got guys who are talented and and know what they're doing but can't do it yeah and then you have yourself an average season, and you t- they, I, like right now we're talking about the Sox bullpen and their needs in the bullpen. Well, guess what? There's about twelve other teams who are vying for actual championship this year who also have those similar needs. Uh, if you were to patch something up on this team, you mentioned right field. We talked about second base at the beginning of the season, and we're still talking about right field and second base. Uh, what are what are the needs, and are the, is this team? A buying team with their current records sitting at 500? Well, I've said since maybe May 1st that the White Sox aren't a playoff team. And they've shown you nothing to tell you that that's the case. And so for me personally, should they be a buyer? No. Will they be a buyer? Likely because of the division that they play in. It just allows for them to do that. I always say this, and I know people probably retire me saying this, but as an executive, you have to be the most self-aware person in your organization. 
Because with this extra wild card spot, what it does is it gives people that glimmer of hope, like, you know, you know, we're over, we're not even over 500 and we, we only four and a half games out. Mm-hmm. You grab one of these wild card spots and you think you're better than you actually are. Like, look at a team like the Baltimore Orioles, who are a great story. It's really fun to watch, but that is not a playoff team. I don't care what, how good they're playing. Maybe next year in, the, in going into the offseason, you say, okay, this is the last year we're going to sell at the deadline. But you gotta be, you can't start selling off your assets right when you get to the point when you want to open up your competitive window because you think, oh, we can play a one game playoff and then probably lose and be at home with everybody else. Speaking of selling people off at the deadline, uh, Wilson Contreras seemingly had his last at bats, last homestand at Wrigley Field. Uh, a, a long embrace with he and Ian Happ in the dugout that uh, Taylor McGregor, who's also been a guest here on the Full Go podcast, shared on Twitter. Uh, what was the scuttlebutt? And I just like using that word anytime I can. But what was the scuttlebutt uh, at Dodger Stadium about uh, one of the hottest commodities at the trade deadline in Wilson Contreras? Well, Wilson is a guy who, if it hadn't been for the Juan Soto sweepstakes all of a sudden opening up, uh, would be the... <laughs> best bat on the market, right? For a guy who would be a clear rental, as he's going to be a free agent this offseason, I think there are a lot of people around the game who are like, okay, clearly that is the elite catcher in baseball. Him, JT Romuto, like those are the guys at the top. I think it's always interesting from a acquisition standpoint of acquiring a catcher at the deadline because it's like, all right, now you this guy has a couple weeks to you know, get in the lineup, get acclimated to a new city, new team, new organization, but also for that catcher, he has to learn uh, 13 pitches on a staff. He has to learn what these guys like to throw, what these guys don't like to throw, how to do all those different things. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot more difficult than trading another position player or, or starting pitcher or a reliever because this guy has to learn the organization as a whole, where he's hitting in the lineup, city, get his family right. Oh, now I have to learn 13 different guys what those guys throw, what counts they like to throw them in, and, and that whole process of the catcher. So I, I don't think it's as easy as, all right, let's trade Wilson Contreras to the Mets, or let's trade Wilson Contreras to the Padres, and now it's done. Like, there's a lot more that goes into that that I imagine a lot of these teams that are in on Wilson are thinking. But I think he's a guy that people definitely say, okay, that's an impact bat that can help take us over the top, or if we're a team that is on the border of making it to the postseason could get us there. And I think on the other side, Ian Happ is a guy that has had a ton of ups and downs since he was a first-round pick and really put it all together and, and talked to Ian. I talked to Ian in L.A. during the All-Star game, and I'm like, do you feel vindicated? Because there were a lot of times when I would talk to him, and he's a guy that's never lacked confidence. But there are some times where it's like, all right, man, I know you feel confident, but this 0 for 16 that, that could wait. That a lot of guys could waver at that, and he mm-hmm. says it does. If it, it is vindicating, because there's a, there were a lot of times where you know you get demoted after being a, a guy who was an impact bat in the lineup, and it changes you. And hearing from David Ross that hey, you're going to be a fourth outfielder, and taking that and fueling him, like you could see the tangible difference. Because there's a lot of guys that hear that and they fold up. It, it's a wrap if you hear, well, I got demoted, and I'm now I'm not performing in AAA. So mm-hmm. clearly I can't do it. Or you, you hear you're going to be a fourth outfielder. It's like, well, I'm resigned to this fate. And so that guy took that and became an all-star. So credit to him for that. And now he's one of the most attractive names on the market. You know, the Cubs have won six in a row. 
uh, after beating up on the the Pirates. Keegan Thompson was a six shutout innings, got touched up a little bit in the seventh inning. O'Neill Cruz and uh, went deep on him, but they've they've got some things. They've got some pieces, and they're going to probably get some pieces. Obviously, for those two players that you just named, how should Cubs fans feel? this quickly after World Series glory in 2016? Like, what? where should the thoughts be? What are the rational thoughts? What's not overreacting? What was real in terms of what they're hearing from the Cubs brass about spending money and this being a retool and not a rebuild? Like, what, what do you think is going through a Cubs fan's head right now? I think Cubs fans are a little bit confused, right? Because after you trade Bryant, Rizzo uh, and Baez last year, you're like, okay, that was that was ripping off the Band-Aid. That doesn't feel good. But now that you got that that prospect call and really over, you turned over your farm system, taking yourself from a bottom third to a uh, middle of the pack and then by a couple of different publications, one of the better uh, up-and-coming farm systems in the big leagues, you're like, all right, you got a, a, maybe the second best or, or best catcher in the big leagues right now and Wilson Contreras that should be a guy that we keep around long-term. You got an Ian Happ that is a guy who was a first-round pick, a lot of highs and lows, but finally figured it out, has two more years of club control after this one. That's a guy you want to keep around long-term. And then you see those guys be on the market and likely be traded. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, when do we become the Pittsburgh Pirates? Like, when mm-hmm. do we become the Miami Marlins? I imagine that's how a lot of Cubs fans are feeling. And I, I don't think it's it, an overreaction to say, why are you doing this? But I'm all I'm always one for like, all right, what is the smart business decision? I think last year at the deadline, the Cubs were a fourth place team with Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and Javi Baez. What was the best business decision? You trade all those guys and try to replenish your farm system. And they did that. Going into this year, it's like, okay, we're clearly not a good team. We know we're going to be in a rebuild, but I think the question that you have to ask is, all right, how long are you in this phase? And when then do you start spending money and acquiring talent? Because after a while, you have to stop the sign up thing, right? You have to stop the we're sellers at the deadline and really start saying, okay, we're with the big boys again. Let's start spending money. Because there's a lot of money moving around Gallagher way, right? And if if I'm a fan, I'm like, all right, you know, they got concerts, they got uh, new 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 restaurants, uh, hotels. Got, you got the hotel, you got the sports book coming. So there's a lot of money moving, yet you don't see any of that going into the big league roster. And that's when that's an issue. So I think they have a couple guys, say a Suzuki, uh, who's a part of that that next core, and Nico Horner showing that he could be part of, of the next core. Uh, and, and some of these kids in, in the minor leagues, uh, Pete Pro Armstrong, who's a top hundred prospect, has really upped his offensive profile and really moving up a lot of prospect list, but you got to start thinking ahead to now, okay, how do we, you know, uh, there's a lot of great shortstops on that market come come wintertime, whether it's Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts or Dansby Swanson. Uh, You should be, as a big market team, in play for all these guys, right? You got to find some starting pitching. Starting pitching is expensive, but after a while, you need to say, okay, we're going to be a major player uh, in whether it's free agency or the trade market again. You mentioned that last sell-off and one of those names, obviously, Chris Bryant. You got a chance to catch up with him. He's now in Colorado. Seems like he's settled. Seems like uh, life is slowing down a little bit for him as opposed to like the last year and a half or so. Uh, What did you glean from that conversation that maybe you didn't put in that piece that everybody needs to go to Valley Sports and check out? Yeah, uh, was in Denver for 
doing the the Friday night baseball game for Apple and hollered at KB. He said, yo, yeah, I got I got time to holler at you. So we sit down and I think just the body language. It's a guy that was relaxed, was happy. He just had twins and he was smiling for ear to ear about that. Father of three. And he, he just, it seems like mentally he's in a really good place. And there was a while there for Chris Bryant where, and he even said it in the story where he was just like, it felt like every at bat was life and death. And it doesn't feel like that anymore. Um, and like everybody's been trying to trade him or, or send him to free agency since he was 22 years old. Mm-hmm. You get to that, you get to that point, you get traded and it's like, Oh man, I got traded by the team. That's the only team I've known. Yeah. Then you go to San Francisco, you play in the postseason, you get to free agency, and it's like, oh, okay, lockout. Lockout ends. Now you're like, all right, I'm a Colorado Rocky. And you get get your money, and now you're the face of this franchise now. And it's like, okay, this is the next chapter of my career. But it's a guy that feels like he, he that the, the pressure's no longer the pressure of, of being a free agent is gone. Right. And now it's a guy who just wants to prove to people that, hey. I'm still a really good baseball player and I can still perform at a high level. From what you covered and how he's characterized it and, you know, the the reading in the in between the lines that you can do while watching a player grow and, and go through the business, what was that last year or so like for him and the, and the guy that he is? You know, the makeup of Chris Bryant, I mean, uh, as a guy who hosted the Chris Bryant uh, weekly show on 670 The Score, um, Chris was all baseball. Right. If you were looking for something else from Chris, then you weren't going to get too much of it. And I'm not mad at it. Not everybody is the most interesting man on the face of the earth. Not everybody has to have wild and, you know, um, crazy times to talk about and stories. He, he, he went and did his job every single day and he did it at a high level. But he also seemed like a guy that, uh, how can I put this? It's kind of like when, you know, is an $85 part wrong with a $100,000 car. Right. And you're like, damn, that slowed up everything this fine automobile had to offer. He always seemed like the guy that there wasn't a lot going on around him. So when there was something bothering him or where there was something happening or when there was something that he had to think about, there wasn't baseball. It impacted him in a different way. If I'm wrong about that, um, you know, recalibrate me. But what do you think that last year or so with the Cubs did to him and and made him feel as a baseball player for the first time in his life? I think it was. It was a 2021 was a season where he went out and performed really well in that first half. And we talked about vindication a couple of minutes ago with Ian Happ, but I think for KB, it was okay, I'm swinging the bat well, I'm hitting the ball out of the ballpark, I'm staying healthy. And after years of people saying, oh, KB soft, KB is always hurt, poor guy who basically had a, a, a broken wrist in, in 2020 and tried to play through that, because you know how it is, whether it's baseball or any other sport, if you don't play, uh, you're soft and you're not tough. If you do play, why does this dude suck? And so there was, it was a lose-lose situation for KB in a lot of regards. And I think it was, whether it's KB or it's Rizzo or, or Javi Baez, I think all of them knew what was going on. I think a lot of guys like to say, oh, we don't read, we don't hear. It's not true. Everybody reads, everybody hears. Your cousin's texting you like, where you going to go? Your mm-hmm. mom's calling you about, are you getting traded or not? And it's coming at you from a lot of different sides. And I, you could clearly see whether it was body language, whether it was um, 
their play on the field that it was affecting each of those guys. And, and everybody's human. Like, if, if I was, if they were saying Bally Sports, there are rumors out there that they was going to fire me or whatever. <laughs> it would probably affect my performance as well. Um, but but I, I definitely think it was for a guy who had won at every level, right? Was the high draft pick was the golden boy in a rebuild that was like, this guy's going to save us. This guy's going to uh, succeed and bring us a World Series. And he accomplished all that in the first three years of his career. Rookie of the year, MVP, World Series. And then you have those highs and lows that every professional athlete goes through in a city like Chicago where, hey, it, it's it's the big stage, right? And, and people, is it's accountability, whether it's the score, ESPN 1000, Full Go Podcast, Tribune, Sun-Times. People are going to talk about it and people are going to ask you about it. And it can be a lot. And, and so with all the different factors that the Cubs have had last year, whether it was not winning with that core or which part of the core was going to stay, who was going to get traded. And then it turns out none of those guys came back, right? And, and it's going to be crazy when we look back in 10 years and say, of Schwarber, Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, Contreras, none of those guys were on the roster when that team was good again. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Russ, you're the man. Uh, you, you're always moving, grooving. We love reading your content. We love checking you out, not just on Valley Sports, but also at Stadium. Uh, and for, for your, uh, for your own, um, well being, the only person that's floating those rumors about you getting fired is Cam Smith. There's nobody else. There's <laughs> nobody else but Cam. Uh, that's the is, leak. It's Cam. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And, and self, self-appointed leak, by the way. You know, oh, yeah. He, he was glad he put his name yeah. on it. Right, right. 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 You'll see it pop up. Anonymous source. No, 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 no. That is Cameron. C-A-M-R-O-N. Smith. No, Westside Cam. <laughs> shout out all. <laughs> yeah. Westside. I, dude, I love watching Cam. I love you watching Cam and you and, and, and everybody hang out. But, yeah, that Westside Cam, I've seen it come out a couple of times, you know, and pick up pick up ball. Yeah, it's it's uh it's quite the thing to behold. We love Cam, as always. Hey, Russ, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Uh, continue blessings, man. You are out here killing it. I am super, I would say proud of you, but that'd be like me sunning you. You are a colleague, so I am not on that type of vibe. You are, uh, you are out here doing your work, man. I, I'm, I'm truly appreciative of the glow, for sure, man. Seriously. Jason, I appreciate you as always for inviting me back on the full go. You know, you know how I feel about you. Uh, big brother to me in, in this business and, uh, you know, tone. I appreciate the shooting me the text over last night. You know, hey. I always come through for my man. Tone. even though I can, I, I'm going to put tone on. Do whatever you have to do. To All right. Tone. Whatever so, you have to do. To so tone. Tone, tone was late to th- this fine recording that he invited me to. Uh, and because his, his, him and his fiance, his, yeah, his lovely fiance, you, yeah, he threw his fiance yeah, yeah, yeah. in front of yeah, the bus, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they were yeah. doing stuff at Staples to get the, the invitation out to the wedding that I will be going to, which we um, still haven't haven't um, kind of confirmed. To be honest with you, like we, that's what he's told us. Like I know I've told them a whole bunch of shit to get out of the table, so I, I can't imagine what he is willing to do as a newly you know newly married guy coming up here soon. So, so, Tone, so Tone is is the hardest working man in show business. Like he he's working everywhere. He's on mm-hmm. everybody's podcast producing mm-hmm. the uh, self proclaimed littest producer in the game, mm-hmm. right? And I'll fight him on that, but that that's neither here nor there. Who's your submission? Oh, uh, Tanny, hundred percent. Mm. I told you, Tanny is not lit. Yeah, he's Tanny's the goat. A t- 
Yeah, Tanny's Tanny's yeah, Tanny's um yeah, Tanny's familial background, like his lifestyle. I don't know if I would cater or trend towards Lit. And for that matter, I don't know if I would Tr- uh, put Tony in that category. To be honest, thank you. With you. See, that's my thing. Yeah, yeah. I, Tony is not outside the, like that. <laughs> he says, I'm the, for everybody out there, Tony produces the Sports Adjacent podcast. Me and Jason Leisure, and Shout out. he always says, "I'm I'm the litest producer." I'm like Tony. I don't even. There's some days when I don't even know if you're a good producer. <laughs> let him know I'm yeah, the lit producer. Yeah. So like, I can't I can't let you just throw that that term around, <laughs> litest producer in the game. But anyway, yeah. hey, uh, and by the way, and 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 beat me out if this is like a slur or whatever, but. It's tall as the award because when you think about it, uh, being a lit producer, like, what does that mean? Like, you have a significant other? <laughs> like, 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 producers, like, I'm just happy that I have two on this show that have responsibilities and someone to answer to, to be honest with you, right. because producers, one, you know, usually they're not as, um, how should I say, um, as attractive as these two young men are, right? They're usually not as uh, financially uh, secure as these two young men are. And usually you don't want to be seen anywhere with them, to be honest with you. Like, I I stopped going to work functions uh, far before I became a host. That While I was a producer, I was like, I can't be caught nowhere dead with y'all. Y'all, <laughs> y'all like a... You know what I'm saying? Like, and you can you can uh, bleep that part out too, Jesse, just to make sure that I stay on the right side of things. But yeah, man, you know, like, come on, dog. Like the littest producer in the world. That's like me yeah. saying I'm the the well, let me chill. Let let me chill. <laughs> <laughs> let, 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 let me chill. And, and I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna, I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say tallest little person, Jay, because I gotta protect these apple checks. Shut up. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh don't worry, we gonna we gonna we gonna uh, we gonna bleep that out. We gonna we gonna bleep out that part, right? I, I should say little people. Yeah, yeah. Shout out but, to all the little people. Uh, long I love story, y'all. Long story less long. Tony Tony has also used the uh, hey man, can we push the pod back? Because uh, me and the me and the old lady, we gotta, we just we're out and we we didn't get back to late. So if we could push the pod to nine nine thirty, I would really appreciate that. And I'm like, damn it, Tony, Sports Adjacent was here before Stephanie. I'm just saying, you gotta and choose you, up. Fam. And when you when you sleeping on the couch, when things go wrong, who gonna be there for you? Yeah, exactly. Jason. Who you gonna put business sleeping on the couch? <laughs> oh, don't worry, don't, don't worry, that's coming. <laughs> that, that, that's coming. If she really loves you, oh, that's coming. That's coming. Because if she really loves you, she's already in the process of trying to change you. So please believe during that change, that couch is coming. And Jason, <laughs> Tony, you are not for this. Jason, you you said that he don't know what the, the religious affiliation. Uh, they love they love the Lord. So it's Sundays at noon. Oh, oh, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Oh, there it is. There it is. Only two types of dudes that's in church on Sunday. (laughs) Brothers who messed up and brothers who would rather be nowhere else, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Which one are you going to be, Tony Gill? Enjoy. Enjoy all your your, your halftime arrivals at your old crib. <laughs> uh, see what they do to us. Can't live with them. Can't live without them. And, and we're going through a real time right here on the Full Go Podcast. Russ, keep giving this man hell and keep kicking out terrific content while being one of my favorite followers on Instagram and Twitter. Appreciate you, my man. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. Russ Dorsey, right here on the Full Go Podcast. Time for some commercials. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. So this, uh, this Mega Millions is about to roll over and get, if, it, if, if no one wins tonight, what is it? Is it, what is it, 800, some shit it's like 830. that? 830, I think 830? it's 830. Yeah, right? right now. Do you see the last four biggest uh, lottery or Mega Million draws have been in the last three or four years? Ooh. Like through COVID and now inflation and a recession on the way, the, la- the, the last four years have yielded the biggest draws in lottery history, which leads me to believe that, that <laughs> for years, like when I was a kid, you used to call the lottery black tax. I don't know if mm-hmm. y'all ever heard that, right? So, yeah, tax. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, you know, you see, you know, you see everybody at the gas station lining up, just getting off of work. Putting down that 10, putting down that 5, putting down that 20. My dad used to play it. My mom played it every once in a while when it got huge. But my dad used to play it a lot when he was younger. Um, $830 million. The last time somebody won a pot this big, they had to split it two or three ways. I'm going to ask you gentlemen this. If you won the 830 and you took the lump sum, whatever the case may be, you had to give a third to taxes and all that other shit and then bust it down for lawyers and this, that, and the other. Maybe you come away with, you know, 300, 320, something like that. What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't want to say first thing you're doing, because first thing you should do is change your number and tell your mama if she's still alive, hey, I love you but you're going to have to start paging me from here on out because no one can get a hold of me and they're going to get to you first, <laughs> for real. And you, you got to be collateral damage in this one, Mom's like, I appreciate you, but you got you to be the conduit from here on out. But what is the first thing that you gentlemen are doing if you get that kind of money in your hands? Oh, man. So Jesse, I'm, I'm I want with, you in on this too. I'm with, I'm with the change in number. Uh... I think you got to relocate, relocate your people, right? Your, 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 your closest, like your mom and, and pops, like, cause like you said, people going to try to get to them. And then now people know you got money going to try to hold them up for ransom and all that movie shit. So yep. Yep. Move, move, move them away, get them settled. Uh, oh, it's me now at 27. Oh shit. Insert Tony Gill ad lib right here. <laughs> I'm flying them all out, Jay. Oh, <laughs> I'm my flying God. them all this, out. This is what I love about you. You know why? Because there's certain dudes who understand um, the process, right? Then there's certain dudes who frown upon the process, call out the process for what it's not, you know, say things like it's tricking and all hey. of a sudden, hey, hey. I had oh, this conversation with the homie. No, I had a conversation with somebody the other day about, hey, man, $75 on Southwest is not tricking, bro. Like, come on now. What? That's not. Yeah, that at all. That's, so it's, it's like, 
What? Are you kidding me? You, hey, bring a crew. I might, I might get That's, mad at you at some point during the stay. Right. You feel right. Me? They pick so, y'all up. Yeah. I gotta take care of the baby yeah, but I'll pay for the fight. Yeah, I, I just, I just, man, I was, uh, no, never mind. Because we still, I'm, a, I'm not even going to say. It. I ain't got to be done twenty million. There you go. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Wait till you get it first. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a get a nice little boat down in Miami, and I, I'm, I'm flying them all down. There you go. Be a wild boy for a weekend. Shit, you probably go. a week. Probably a week. Cause yeah, like you got weekend. time. Yeah, you got yeah. time with three hundred twenty. And then you know, Dorsey just, Day. You feel me? Just do. Just, I. It's crazy because I know everybody says, oh, I quit my job. I stopped doing this, stopped doing that. I would, I, I love what I do. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I no, love I'm coming talking. to work so y'all can see I, me rich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love, but I would, I would do it differently. Like, I would just create content on my own. Like, I'm still going to interview dope ass people in dope ass places. That's the goal for me. Mm. So I can, I can afford to do it. I can afford to get the location. I'd be me and, uh, Bron at Nobu in Malibu just chilling, go. chopping it up or or whoever. Like, that would be the goal for me with 320 million because it's like, you don't got to... I can foot the bill. I can get all the production. I can get all the high-quality 4K cameras I want. I can mm-hmm. hire all my people, put my, put my people on. So that would be, for me, what I would do. Tony? I pay off my 2019 Chevy Valley. All right, Jesse, uh, Jesse, Jesse. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Jesse. Thank you. Fucking Did I show up to work like nothing happened? This fucking guy, man. <laughs> this fucking dude. Jesse, your, your turn. Thank you. Save well, us from Tony. First thing I would do, well, I'll say first thing. I don't. I was, I was about to get into it, but then I stopped yeah. myself. I, I buy a big piece of land somewhere in like Wyoming or Iowa, somewhere. Oh, just shit, get your way. Kanye on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I can work from home. So, like, I wouldn't quit my job either. I work from home. <laughs> that would be I'll the illest my... <laughs> flex ever. Jesse Lopez, the podcast bringer producer, working from home with $320, $350 million. From to a his big name. farm in, in Wyoming, right there next to Kanye's. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at, see, look at y'all out here being frugal and also living out your dreams the way you want to. You feel me? I think. Boy, I'm surrounded by some good gentlemen. Uh, I'm getting a vasectomy. First thing, first, before before we take the check or the the winning ticket to the the whatever place, you know, whatever whatever you know. I was about to say Ed McMahon in the clearinghouse, you know, but you know, is Ed dead? Because I killed somebody. <laughs> I'm not too long. Killed Vince Scully a while ago. I killed Vince Scully a while ago. Yeah, ago. Oh, no, yeah. I was thinking Chick Hearn. You feel me? Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. watching a lot of winning time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, edible I was, yeah, I was, I was racing the edible to the end of the pod. Vince got real sentimental. Yeah, Shout out to Vince Scully, the greatest voice we've ever seen in baseball. Yeah, yeah. God bless you. You and your family, you know, we thinking of you. Oh, my <laughs> God. Pick up the phone like, hey, fam, I'm still here. Nah, <laughs> but get, getting, you know, headed to the chop shop immediately. You feel me? Just just want to make sure that everything's cool. You know, want to duck and dodge anything out there. And then, whew, I would travel privately everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. One. And I'm not just talking about overseas. We going to Indiana Beach, 
privately. <laughs> we, 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 we going to Wisconsin Dales privately. I don't care if it's a 15-minute flight. It's going to cost me 50 grand. Hey, pull it, pull it up to... In the, pull it up to Monticello, Indiana. To Indiana you hear me? In the, sprint, in the Sprinter van. It's you hear insane. me? You hear me? Right? Me and my kid and my people pulling up. Everybody oh. is 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 <laughs> laced with all the designer clothes that they shouldn't be wearing, you know? Um, and also, you know what I, I'd love to do? I'd love to open up a club where only my friends can kick it. <laughs> You know what I mean? You, you filter you filter out the madness. You tell them to bring whoever they want, but also understand they're linked to your entry into the club going forward, right? So now you start to refine not only your friend group, but you also start to get newer, cooler friends in. Because now it's like, hey, man, I can't chance it, right? It's like how Clubhouse was in the beginning, where it's like, oh, you my person. I'm nominating you now. All of a sudden, they're they giving that shit away with like a $2 chicken meal now. Yeah. It's like... You can nominate eight people like, oh, y'all hard up for, for content is what's going on out here. Huh? All the celebrities have left this bitch. But now, man, yeah, I would travel privately uh, and I would get the, the best chef that money can hire because the amount of money I spend on food, because as I am going over my finances as I get older, I'm starting to, to, to figure out and try to determine where my money can be best allocated. And i feel like I just spend money on experiences, to be honest with you. Like, I, whether it's food or trips or things of that nature, um, I don't need a whole lot in terms of comfort. So private travel, right? Maybe a spot that I can go hang out and my favorite DJ can come spend for me and 25 of my closest friends and somebody that'll be willing to make me a Monte Cristo at 2 a.m. in the morning. I mean, that's kind of what's still the deal for Pia, to be honest with you. She's awesome. She's a doctor. Uh, she ain't hard on the eyes. She holds me down. My son loves her. Shit, I got 200% more dog the moment I met her. Uh, but she made me a Monte Cristo one night. And I told her, I was like, listen, this is it. This is like <laughs> the, the, the motherfuckers at Bennigan's on Michigan Avenue almost beat you to it, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But other than that, that's the only time that I've had a Monte Cristo made for me to this level. And you made it while we were both drunk. So, you know, hey, let's go get married. So, yeah, I got to have a chef, got to have private travel, and I want to go somewhere to lounge. But other than that, everybody else, Jace, you know, his mama, Pia, my mama, Shayna, they can all have my money. I ain't going to do shit with it, but blow it anyway, right? And I'm going to have old black men like Tony waving his finger at me the whole time I'm doing it. You know, that, now that I think about it, Tony is the oldest young black man I have ever been around in my fucking life. Like, yeah. I don't know Tony to drink. I don't know Tony to smoke. Now that I don't know Tony to go out. I've never even dared ask Tony to go out to a club with me because I knew it would be a fucking drag. You know, I knew I'll Tony. Be in the house. Yeah, see, and that's why I fuck with you, Tony, because you gotta have you gotta have textures, layered fabrics through your friendships <laughs> this is my, and your relationships. This is my favorite part about Tony. Let him, Jason, come over to the crib, watch the finals. I'm like, hey, man, I'm ordering food. I'm getting whatever y'all want to drink. I got wine over here. I got whole bar stocked up. Tony, what you? What's your poison of choice? He's like, oh, man, if you got the A&W root beer, man, that's my... <laughs> I said, all right, Tony, I know what time it is. I got you. Yeah. You know, all that shit is a cover, to be honest with you. All the <laughs> I don't drink dudes are the wildest motherfuckers I know. And I'm, I'm just going to let... I'm just going to keep it at that. You feel me? Like, 
you know, uh, all the dudes who uh, I'll take a cranberry juice. Yeah, fam. I know there is a there's a few mascot costumes hanging up in your closet that you uh, you throw on just for, you know, just for the wildlife fun of things every once in a while. So, you know, hey, I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. But any anybody who tells me they don't drink one, I don't want to hear any of your fucking stories. Two, <laughs> two, I know there's some part of life that is your vice that you ain't letting go of or. You know, you, Jason think I'm about to do BDS. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Shout out to the furry Tony Gill. <laughs> the full goal with Jason Golf. All right, that's all the time we have for episode 129 of the Full Goal Podcast. We'd like to thank our esteemed and, and just outstanding guest, Russ Dorsey. Catch him at Bally Sports. Also works for Stadium. He's a national MLB insider. He uh he he went from uh from from he was never ashy, but he is very very classy these days. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I would throw out those, but Tony would probably hate on it in some way, fashion, or form. So just go find Russ Dorsey. Russ, what's your what's your Twitter and Instagram? It's Russ underscore Dorsey one on Twitter, Russ underscore Dorsey on IG. There it is. By the way, Russ hung out with us this entire pod, so that's why you just heard him in the clothes as well, because he's a <laughs> even good after, brother. Even after I said goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Just, we, just we, did, yeah we did another segment, and then we talked about life and sports in the industry and all of you who I hate as well. So you guys want to hear that, but, you know, maybe, maybe on a pirate podcast in the future. So thank you to our guy, Russ Dorsey. Uh, we'd also like to thank our production staff, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the always- active and i'm gonna call him the outsider going forward jesse lopez right because you know he's he's the la vibe right he's our la counterpart so we're, we're gonna check in with him and have him ask all the outsider questions you know silly shit like deep dish pizza and chicago hot dogs and all the other food things that people only think we want to talk about here in chicago so he is the active jesse lopez and oh boy my main man ladies and gentlemen the littest producer in all of America, Tony Gill. For Tony, <laughs> for Jesse, and for Steve, I'm Jason Goff. Thank you so much for downloading this thing, subscribing to this thing, rating and reviewing it, sharing it with your family. Whatever you do for this pod, we truly appreciate you. And as always, we tell you and leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe.